Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that brings you the most interesting content in information security, technology, and humans. The idea is content curation as a service. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts. I then take what I learned from that content and turn it into a concise 30-minute summary. If you enjoy or get value from the show, you can support it at danielmeisler.com support. And many thanks to everyone who's already subscribed. All right, welcome to episode 98. I don't know if you noticed, but I have re-recorded the intro and the outro for the show. You haven't heard the outro yet, but re-recorded the intro. I also took uh, the advice of a couple of listeners who said that the show was not as loud as uh, they wished that it was. Um, and that it wasn't as loud as some other podcasts that they listened to. So I adjusted some audio levels as well. So hopefully it is louder and clearer. And if, uh, you have any other comments on that, let me know. As always, I do recommend that you listen on 1.5 X, maybe even two X if you can go that fast, but, uh, let's get started with InfoSec. So IO troop also called Reaper is a growing botnet that's already infected over a million organizations. Uh, and this is according to Checkpoint Research. So it's using similar techniques to what Mirai used, but it's quite a bit more advanced than that. So it's using things like default credentials, which is what Mirai did. Uh, so it's doing that, but it's also using actual vulnerabilities and exploits to attack those vulnerabilities. And uh, it's going after a large number of different uh, device manufacturers. And the belief is that they're building basically uh, a, a giant army for some sort of giant DDoS. I don't know why they would say only one versus uh, many, but it uh, looks like they're spinning up for DDoS. Google launched advanced protection for Google Apps email last week. It basically does a nuclear lockdown on email security for an organization that's really worried for whatever reason about getting hacked. Uh, they've got all sorts of different protections in there. It's like, um, well, it's quite a few things like a, needing a, like a USB key to get access to your account in the first place or a Bluetooth dongle, uh, lots of lockdown settings for the backend malware scanning. It's recommended for companies that really want to take security seriously, but not in a casual way. So you don't just want to just randomly turn this on because it might not be usable for your organization based on your usability and uh, risk posture. So uh, the name that's being used uh, in a couple of articles is unforgiving. So just keep that in mind uh, before you go and toggle it on. Bitcoin just topped $6,000 and now websites are commandeering visitors browsers just by visiting the website to make them mine uh, currency for them. There's a package out there called CoinHive that starts mining as soon as you arrive at a website. And uh, some, some companies have put it on there on purpose. Others have been hacked. So like you go and hack a website, you put it on there and of course it harvests, um, cryptocurrency, and then it sends it to you. So that's uh, another business model for attacking sites. But some people are putting it on there on purpose to make site uh, money themselves. 
Windows 10 is adding game cheating prevention to TruePlay in the fall creators update. So it'll let you basically prioritize a game and say this is a protected process and it'll disable a lot of different uh, cheat functionality from interacting with that process in, in some common ways. I'm sure it doesn't stop everything, but uh, probably stops quite a bit. Google Play apps with as many as 2.6 million downloads added installed advice, uh, devices to a botnet. So Google is still having major issues with the Google Play Store and evidently downloading these uh, many, many apps uh, as many as 2.6 million times was basically adding the people who downloaded it to a botnet to be used for various purposes. Duo just raised $70 million in a Series D. Congrats to them. And Dubai is moving to replace ID checks with a facial recognition tunnel. This thing is like a, uh, it kind of reminded me of like Total Recall, except for that wasn't a tonal, tunnel, it was like a wall of glass. But uh, it's basically like this short tunnel that you walk into and evidently there's tons of hidden cameras inside of it. Uh, I think a lot of that is just sort of security theater, like hyping you like, oh, we're going to scan you so many different ways. Don't try to cheat it. But uh, yeah, interesting that they're going to go so deeply into this. I don't know if they're going all in, but they're definitely going heavily into it with this sort of investment. But it's Dubai. They basically make islands. So I, I guess they have money to spend for now until green technology hits them and they become poor again. Um, technology news. The version of AlphaGo, this is absolutely crazy. The, the version of AlphaGo that defeated humanity's best Go player, and this was just, I don't know, a couple years back, it just lost to a new version of itself called AlphaGo Zero. And this new version has never been trained by a human. Uh, it taught itself how to play. Awesome used to mean a combination of scary and amazing. And that's exactly what this is. It's awesome. The idea that you don't need to be trained by humans anymore and you can bypass something that took that much time to train by humans. It's, uh, it just keeps making itself better, evidently. Um, yeah, really cool stuff. Uh, big banks are embracing blockchain and are now starting to roll it out as a means of speeding up money transfers and basically trying to move that from days to hours. And ideally, hopefully they'll move that to like minutes or seconds before too long. But it's also going to help them immediately with cross-border transfers, which is a big deal. I, I feel like this whole thing is kind of a major development. Banks adopting cryptocurrency. It, to me, it's a lot like the British army deciding to use guerrilla warfare. Tesla is pushing its new insurance plan called Insure My Tesla, which gives you way cheaper rates because of autopilot. And that's just autopilot. Imagine when it's fully autonomous and humans aren't available to make as many mistakes. I think the insurance will just keep going lower and lower to incentivize that uh, use of um, 
autonomous cars. It'll be interesting to see if cities and, and states and governments get involved in that as well. Magic Leap has raised another half a billion dollars, $502 million they just raised. This company's been around for years and years. They've raised $2 billion. And some, I mean, a lot of people have had demos and said, oh, this is amazing. But not a lot of people know what they're actually building. Um, I really hope they know what they're building. I hope someone knows what they're building. And I hope they will tell other people soon because it's kind of strange to have a company that's just like so magical and uh, has $2 billion in funding and nobody knows what it's doing. Alphabet has invested $1 billion in Lyft. That's quite interesting. Maybe they see a weakness in the Uber stuff and say, let's take advantage of this. Got a lot of human news this week. So we'll get into that now. Um, Johns Hopkins scientists find that dual end back brain training regimen is the best system discovered so far for improving mental performance. It's weird. It's like a tic-tac-toe grid. Um, like I, I clicked a link uh, earlier just to check it out. And it was, it would like put a mark in one of the grids and then say a letter or say something. And I guess you're supposed to recall that. I'm not sure. I, I didn't do it for more than a few seconds, but it seems pretty interesting. They said it was way more effective than all this other stuff that's out there. And they said the next step is to figure out why it works and then to try to productize it in some way, not to make money, but to put it out there as an actual training regimen. Uh, due to weight and fitness, misconduct, medical issues, mental health problems, and substance abuse concerns, 71% of Americans between 17 and 24 years old are unfit for military service. 71%. Over two-thirds of eligible, well, in this age group, are unable to join the military because they're either too fat or unfit, uh, misconduct, medical issues, mental health problems, or drugs. That seems like a problem to me. Seems like a problem. Experts are blaming the food industry for saying that exercise is a solution to obesity, likening it to the cover-up regarding the dangers of smoking. This is kind of interesting. They're basically saying that the whole exercise industry is a trick by the food industry to make you think that exercise will allow you to keep eating like a giant fat person. And um, I find it interesting. I mean, that that's like a very cool conspiracy theory in my mind. And these, uh, I don't know if this was just kind of, kind of like an off the cuff. It sounds like a kind of an off the cuff comment by one of the scientists. Um, but, but I've also seen a couple other people mention it as well. So maybe it's becoming like a common, uh, conspiracy theory within, within those groups. I haven't done much research to see like if it's an actual plan of the food industry, but I could definitely see it as a system that's working in that way. Um, and what they're finding is, is, is basically very simple. You cannot lose weight from exercise because people simply eat too much. Like 
you consume, I don't know what, a muffin and like a glass of milk and like a bowl of cereal or whatever. And you've just had like hundreds of calories, you know, maybe a thousand if you, if you ate a lot and then you get on a treadmill and you work for like half an hour or whatever. And it's like, Oh, you've lost four calories or whatever it is. It's a crazy small amount. And you do the math and you're like, well, I guess I could run for like 29 hours and lose a glass of milk or whatever. Or you could simply not eat as much. And that's what a lot of this research is now saying is you cannot lose weight by exercising unless you're like Michael Phelps and you swim, you know, 28 miles a day. Um, you, you simply can't lose that much weight. You have to not eat the food. And they're saying that if you're not being told this, it's because they want to sell you food. So that's a uh, interesting perspective on that. Um, nearly half of U.S. medical care comes from emergency rooms. I find that unbelievable. Half is emergency rooms. And I have to assume that's because people don't have insurance. Um, and they're not actually paying their bills, which means other people are paying those bills and they're getting worse care. It's like, it's just all bad all around. Sacramento is spending $1 million to try a basic income experiment in, oh, <laughs> Sacramento is trying a basic income experiment in Stockton. No. Stockton is trying a $1 million basic income experiment. Um, I will fix that text. Uh, there's a growing number of scientists who are seeing sugar more like a toxin than a food. And they're essentially saying that it invalidates the old concept of calorie in calorie out, which was kind of like a revolutionary idea in like thermodynamics. And they used to have like these, these bubbles that they would test you in and see if energy came in or came out. Uh, so they're saying that it was kind of like a pet theory at the time that a calorie is a calorie. And now because sugar affects insulin and your metabolism, like all bets are off like that. That's science does not work. And we should start seeing sugar as more of a toxin than a food, which that sounds kind of extreme to me. So I'm not sure what percentage of people actually believe that, but I think it's probably good advice to follow. Researchers look at why you can focus in a loud coffee shop, but not in an open plan office. Basically, if you're not listening to the noise, like in a loud coffee shop or whatever, and it's at a certain level, it produces what's called creative distraction. And if it goes ab above or below a certain volume, or if you care about what the people are actually saying, which is more likely to happen if you're at work and these are actually your coworkers who are blabbering around you, it does the opposite. It, it pulls you out of distraction. You can't ever focus. Um, you know, you can't be creative. N none of that stuff works. So that's why they're saying there's a big difference there. Uh, many doctors are now saying that exercise, especially yoga is better for back pain than pills or surgery. Probably a uh, thing that most people already know, but still worth uh, mentioning. Researchers say Tinder is showing us that men look for beauty in a mate while women look for intelligence, career, prospe career prospects, and stability. Um, 
they're basically saying that, yeah, Tinder is not going to uh, overturn, you know, thousands of years of evolution and that those evolutionary things that we wanted in the past are being reflected um, in Tinder and the choices that are being made. So that, that was kind of their, their take on it. Uh, another story here on the depression chatbot that I wrote about last week, it's called uh, Wobot. And it's actually from um, Andrew, uh, his last name is NG, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but um, he's like one of the most famous AI people uh, around, especially in the Valley. And um, he's out of Stanford. And yeah, that thing I was talking about last week is called the Wobot. And I think it's Facebook integrated, which seems strange since I there's also a lot of stories saying Facebook produces depression. Um, yeah. Ideas. Got a number of essays. I was surprised the number that I ended up writing this week. Uh, personal sensors are the next breakthrough in consumer electronics. Beware of alternate meaning loops on the effects of shaming sexual harassers in Hollywood and tech, how I would build my life if I could engineer it from scratch, why I call myself an atheist instead of agnostic, and why I identify as a feminist. So I wrote those uh, various times throughout the week and this weekend. Um, I'm actually gonna read the first one at the end of this episode. So, uh, a couple of people have recommended, hey, why don't you close by reading an essay if it's, it's fairly short. So I'm gonna try that. Um, and I got a couple of other standalone ideas that aren't really stories. Uh, the kind of improvement speed that we're seeing with AlphaGo Zero is basically fun and games until it isn't, right? We, we need some sort of monitoring system put on AI development. Because right now everyone is racing to get there as fast as possible. And no one's really overlooking and saying, are, are you doing this in a dangerous way? Are you suddenly going to build AI that just, you know, hyper improves and escapes and maybe tries to harm us in some way? Now it's not, you need a lot of things to happen before that can happen, right? It's not gonna happen tomorrow or whatever. And plus you need a kinetic sort of system um, you know, there's two separate worlds. So there's like everyone sort of lay people think that, uh, and that's me included, um, think that, oh, it's robots, right? Robots are going to take over. Well, you need the robot, you need an AI, you need the combination of the two, you need the ability to self-replicate, you need lots of different things before these uh, sort of fictional things could happen. But you don't want to just rely on it being unlikely when you have so many people racing, especially people like China, who are just like, we're going to win, we're going to put billions of dollars into this. And if we do create a super intelligence, well, that's a good problem to have. And we'll worry about it then. And that's the position I think a lot of people are taking. And uh, I've read a few books on people who are actually, uh, Nick Bostrom is one of the people who actually have a foundation and everything focused on AI safety. So uh, that's a pretty cool topic. If you want to check that out, check out Nick Bostrom. He's got a bunch of books on that and a foundation here in the Bay area somewhere. 
Next one, China is about to pass everyone in terms of new infrastructure, green tech, renewable energy, electric cars. They basically decided there was like a lull, like the U.S. is down right now. U.S. is sleeping uh, currently, right? Uh, no one at the helm. And uh, Europe is sort of, I don't know what they're doing. Um, Canada, I mean, they play hockey, I guess. Um, they're kind of innovating because they have Trudeau. I guess uh, I don't hear too much news out of Canada, but that's, I guess, by design. And um, China is like, well, you know, everyone's infrastructure is deteriorating. Everyone's transportation is deteriorating. They're all struggling with gas vehicles. They have no unified leadership. They can't just force anything upon their own countries because all they do is fight all the time in Europe and Canada and the US. So how about <clears throat> because we have the ability to do whatever we want, whenever we want. We're just going to decide to be the world leader, period. We are going to be the best in renewable energy. We're going to be the best in solar. We're going to be the best in autonomous vehicles. We're going to build the best roads, the best transportation. And suddenly, all of these other superpowers are going to look and say, what the heck just happened? How did China go from being nothing to being the world leader in super tech in the 21st century. And we're back in the 20th century. I think that is their move. I think that's exactly what they're doing right now. They're putting billions of dollars into this stuff. Plus they're putting billions of dollars into the AI race. Like they're just going to win. Like if, if people don't uh, sort of take notice and, and try to compensate. By the way, this is from uh, one of my, military sources, I, not like some insider source or anything, but um, one of the blogs I read just follows a lot of military stories, Pentagon type stuff, um, long-term strategy tactics, that kind of stuff. Discovery, how to track an individual's physical location using less than $1,000 in online ads. This is yet another reason to use an ad blocker. Basically the technique here is you create a, a a targeted ad that hits like one person or a small group of people that that part i'm not clear about how they're trying to do that oh i know what they said they said it was the mobile id you have to sniff the mobile id and i'm like well sniffing the traffic that that's your first step of something being difficult i guess you sort of get next to them you sniff the traffic somehow you get their mobile id um you target that in an ad and then what you do is you set up different campaigns for the ad based on geolocation. And then you wait for a hit for that exact ad, which means it triggered in that exact geolocation, which means you know that person specifically is in that location at this moment because it was hit from a smartphone user agent. So that's how you do it. And they said it's uh, fairly cheap to do, less than $1,000. So that's kind of scary. Yet another reason to block ads in as many places as possible. Um, Cambridge Analytica is a, is the data analytics company that supposedly helped Trump get elected. And this is not a political piece. Uh, it was just an awesome company. They knew everything about everyone, basically so much good data on so many people that they knew exactly which buttons to push. Um, and, and they pulled it off. Right. Um, so anyway, you can request the data that they have on you by emailing them. And the, the link I have in the show notes in the newsletter 
is uh, is basically, it's actually got a form, like you can just copy and paste, change your request or whatever. And uh, evidently they're in London and they have to respond. It's almost like a, a FOIA request type of deal. Uh, it's easier never to create working keys from images. So take a picture of a key, send it into this thing that sends you a working key. An article on replacing MailChimp with Amazon SES and MailWiz. Um, IPFS, the interplanetary file system. So I heard this on A16Z talking about uh, cryptocurrencies. And this guy was on, he was talking about this, this uh, interplanetary file system that goes along with Filecoin, which is uh, a token uh, of the same type. But the interplanetary file system is basically says, let's, let's completely change how we get files. Instead of me going to location A or location B to get a file, and then what if someone takes those offline or they, they just deteriorate or someone stops paying for it or whatever. Instead, I just have a hash for a file that I want. And I, I could search and say, I want this file, I want this movie, I want this whatever. Um, and it finds it. And then someone on the network, someone close to you, gives you the file. So completely distributed, has nothing to do with nodes or going to direct locations. It's just like your, your peers give you the files. And uh, I'm starting to mess with it. It looks super cool. I also want to see how it interacts with the Filecoin stuff. Um, you should definitely check out that episode. I didn't put it in the links, but you should check out the episode on A16Z about cryptocurrencies that was on within the, like the last two weeks or so. Um, what can reverse engineering do for you? This was a fantastic presentation on reverse engineering. It was not only good in content, but it was also good in presentation. Just the slides were really attractive, uh, really easy to follow. I got a little fire link next to it in the newsletter. Uh, you should check that out. Visual map of happiness by state. This is from Flowing Data, which has a lot of cool visualizations. Beyond Corp is Google's implementation of Zero Trust. Uh, really, really cool stuff there. And I've got a link to the project, sort of talks about the philosophy and how they're actually rolling it out. Performing and preventing SSL stripping. This is from the Cloudflare blog. Uh, front end checklist. This is a project. It's a perfect front end checklist for modern websites and meticulous developers. Everything you wanted to know about blockchains. Title says it all. The map, a map of the blockchain ecosystem. This is a TechCrunch article and it shows you like the different types of blockchains, the different types of, of cryptocurrency and tokens and like what spaces they live in and what sort of jobs they perform. That was really cool. Um, EC2instances.info. That's actually the full domain. Easy Amazon EC2 instance comparisons. If you've ever tried to do anything in AWS with EC2 and you try to figure out how much does this one cost versus how much CPU, how much RAM, how much storage, like it's, it's kind of a nightmare. I wish Amazon would just go pay this person and just use this system for their display. Pi notes, Python programs to practice your skills. Notes for this week. So I am nearly done with the site upgrade that I was talking about before, and I'm extremely pleased with how it's turned out. 
I basically redid the database from scratch. Uh, I was over like 600 megabytes on the database just from all this junk in the WP options table. It was just super nasty and it was hard to clean up. So I uh, basically did a full restore from scratch, exporting only content. Went from like 600 and something megs down to 60 megs. Site is extremely fast. Queries are extremely fast. Yeah, if you're into design, please go check it out. I've done tons of work on the typography. And uh, yeah, just so much work has been done there and really happy with how it's turning out. Uh, I've redone my concepts page, which is like uh, wisdom extraction, basically for everything I learn. So like, think of like logical fallacies. Think of anything where you're like, oh, you ever heard of this concept where it's like blah, blah, blah. And you like, you wish you had like a list of those. Well, I've been compiling a list of those for years and I have them on this page concepts. It's at slash projects slash concepts. And uh, I've done a little tweaking to it. It made it look better, added some images and I've, uh, I'm going to be continuing to add to it. I feel like it's going to end up being one of my favorite resources on the site. Sort of reading several books at once right now. Um, I'm a bit behind on doing summaries. I've read like over a dozen books recently and haven't done summaries. So I'll report back when I've completed a few of those and I'll put up the links to them. Recommendations this week, uh, request your data from the Cambridge Analytica, uh, company out of London. That would probably be fun just to see the database that they've compiled on you. Uh, use robots disallowed to scan your code repositories for secrets. And if you're into life monitoring, life hacking, quantified self type of stuff, um, check out gyroscope. It is, and I've got the link here. It is, I saw it on flowing data. They, it was so good. They put it on flowing data, the GUI, the, the visualizations, the, the little cards that they have. So basically it's like, tell the story of your life in visual way. That's like their marketing or branding or whatever. And it's just like these amazing visualizations of like your sleep patterns, like where have you been, like your location tracking or whatever, uh, whatever, right? So you're actually sending like iOS data there or Android data there. Um, and it's like, oh, I want this data. I want that data. Like it, it wants everything, <laughs> right? So I, I put it in the, in the uh, newsletter, you know, word of caution here. I've not checked the security on this app yet myself. I'm actually going to run it through a couple of things uh, before too long and probably report some issues to them if I find any, which I, I imagine I probably will. Um, as far as like how they're storing data, is, is it stored securely? They have a SQLite database that's all jacked up. Uh, wouldn't be surprised. Um, so, you know, don't do this without, um, you know, either checking yourself or not caring if uh, you're sending this data to someone who's storing it insecurely. But um, yeah, it's got like um, heartbeat data, like health data. Um, you, you could link it to like your, your Wii things, which I think is owned by Nokia. So you can have like, you know, weight, calories, like all, all, all the stuff you would uh, imagine. Um, but again, just keep in mind, I'm not vouching for the security because I haven't looked at it yet. And the aphorism for the week, a good life is one inspired by love and guided by knowledge. The good life 
is one inspired by love and guided by knowledge. Bertrand Russell. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. And don't forget, you could also get the show, including all the links to the things I mentioned, in text form by signing up for the email newsletter at danielmisor.com newsletter or via the blog posts for each episode. I'll see you next time.